No statements made during the Growing Your Wealth radio show shall constitute tax, legal, or accounting advice. You should consult your own legal or tax professional on your individual information. Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services is licensed to offer investment advisory services through Madrona Financial Services, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Insurance products are offered through Madrona Insurance Services, LLC, a licensed insurance agency and an affiliate of Madrona Financial Services. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investors cannot invest directly into indexes. No investment strategy, including asset allocation or diversification, guarantees a profit or guarantees the avoidance of loss. Financial planning is an important tool that does not guarantee specific outcomes. When it comes to investing, retirement, and legacy planning, the decisions you make today can greatly impact the quality of life for both you and your loved ones tomorrow. What you need is straight, unbiased information on the most important issues you'll face when planning for your financial future. Good news. You found the Growing Your Wealth radio show with Brian Evans. Brian is the founder of Madrona Financial Services, and with his background as a CPA, he brings a unique perspective to the investment and financial planning world. He follows the philosophy rooted in his tax experience of, it's not what you make, but what you keep. And this focus on tax-smart investment strategies is all part of the fully integrated planning strategy known as the Madrona Bundle of Services. You'll hear Brian's thoughts on everything impacting your portfolio, from income to taxes, and from growth opportunities to long-term security. This is your source of comprehensive financial information. You'll soon understand why they call it the Madrona Difference. So get ready for an hour full of the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. And welcome to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Thank you so much and welcome to Growing Your Wealth, the radio show that gives you straight talk and honest answers about how to invest better, live better, retire better, and give better. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have some valuable information for you that could change your financial life for the better. My name is Jeff Shade. I'm just here to ask the questions. But the words of wisdom and solid advice come from the expert Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. How you doing today, Brian? Doing just great. Thanks, Jeff. Glad to hear it as always. Hope our listeners are doing well today, too. Well, Brian, of course, life is different for everybody these days. And I know that you're spending a lot of time in the home office there at your house. And I think that's going to be a thing of the future. Houses that have built-in offices to them. Once we do get back to the new normal, I think people are going to be working from home a great deal. And it does affect maybe how you do business a little bit remotely. But it also gives you some opportunities to do some things that you couldn't do if you came into the office. One of the things that it gives you is more time. And I understand that you're using some of that time to actually work out in your home gym. Tell me more about that. As a matter of fact, it is interesting because before, you know, you have to get up, get ready, put on the suit, fight traffic, get there and work until you're, you're tired, basically, and fight traffic, come home and change. And then you don't feel like working out and doing a whole lot often during the week. And so it, it, you know, it's hard to do. But, you know, with these home schedules, I'm finding I, I work in different shifts. I mean, I work, you know, I might work a morning shift and, and take a little time in the middle of the day, do some gardening or work out and then uh, have an afternoon shift. I have an evening shift uh, for emails that I didn't get to kind of just work, you know, weekends when I feel like it, don't when I don't. It's been interesting to, to put all that stuff in there. But, yeah, I, I certainly uh, for the first time in a long time. I've been getting, you know, kind of regular on the on the exercise. Certainly for a lot of years, I was doing the karate and until I was 50 and I got my Taekwondo black belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that was, you know, I was in really good shape then. I remember thinking back to my black belt test 
we had to, the first half of it, I had to do 350 push-ups, 350 sit-ups. Wow. I had to spar for an hour straight with wow. uh, fresh black belts and then grapple <laughs> for an hour straight. Wow. Have you ever done a three-minute wrestling match? Yeah. You know how tired you get. Try 20 of them in a row. Oh, and wow. Then, <laughs> then I had to run for 45 minutes carrying a stack of weights. And that was oh. just the first half of the test. The second oh, half my. was the next day on curriculum. And boy, was I in shape then. So I probably won't get back to that, but I'd sure like to get close. I think you're going to get there. I've been over to your house, and I'm really impressed with the way you have things laid out there. Of course, the home office. And as I said, a lot of people are going to be doing that in the future. But particularly, you have a set-aside space that is actually a gym. I mean, it was a gym before you bought the house. It's a gym now. How does that make you feel now physically and mentally that you've been getting a little more exercise? Oh, yeah. It makes a world of difference. Uh, Clearing your head and letting you think more succinctly. Certainly during the coronavirus, I, I, had to make a, I did make a ton of moves uh, with my clients' accounts that have been extremely rewarding, successful, whatever you want to call it. I've got a lot of very, very happy clients. I had a clear head. Right. And uh, I also used my, my faith paradigm and prayed for wisdom, wisdom mm-hmm. like Solomon. And uh, right. sure enough, uh, here we are with real good results given what, what went on with the corona. But I think, you know, everybody knows exercise can be very important. It can help you in many ways, but it, it does help you at work. And I, I hope a lot of people are taking advantage of it. Even uh, some people might say, well, gosh, I don't have a gym like you, Brian. So w- what am I going to do? I remember this interview that Sean Alexander, the Seahawks did once. And they said, Sean, you're, you're built like a, you know, like a yeah. brick building there. <laughs> yeah. uh, how many hours a day do you spend in the weight room? He said, uh, none. I said, come on. How, how many? He said, I never go to the weight room. I said, what do you do? He said, I, I just do push-ups. I said, come on. How push-ups makes you look like that? How many do you do a day? He says, 1,500. Wow. So, <laughs> he just drops and does 100 every time, you yeah. know, uh, yeah. end of a drill or sure. he eats a banana, drop and do 100 push-ups. You know, <laughs> so it's like, I could see where that would work. So if nothing else, if you don't have a gym, start doing those push-ups. Uh, maybe you'll look like Sean Alexander. The takeaway from all of this is that if you do keep physically fit, especially as you get into retirement and older age, you're going to have a much better quality of life, and you're probably going to live longer, too. I mean, when thinking about your car, if you just neglect it, it's not going to last very long, but if you take care of it, you're going to get good service out of it, and it's going to last a long time. So I think that people really should think about an exercise program as they get older in life and execute that on a daily basis. And as you said, also, it helps tremendously with mental clarity. So that's our little tip for today is incorporate exercise into your retirement plan. If you haven't thought about it, include that into your plan. Brian, we've been talking about how business is changing here in this economy and with the coronavirus and so forth. And I think that the virus is forcing businesses to adapt and rethink how they make money. What are some of the ways that you know of that some of the businesses that that you deal with and particularly your business has adapted to this new normal to continue business as usual for you? Yeah, there's a lot lot to that. Certainly, I think there's a lot of businesses that where people haven't been working on their business. Uh, maybe they've been doing something for years and years and years, and, and it works good enough. So they just, well, okay, I'll just keep doing it this way. I don't, I don't like to change anything. Well, you're not going to be able to do that anymore for a lot of the businesses. And uh, you're going to have to uh, up your game because your competition is going to up theirs through all of this. And so let's, you know, I, I might know somebody that has a, a restaurant and they're like, ah, I don't really want to sign up with, you know, the delivery services. It's too much 
they take too much or I don't really have a website. I just use Facebook or, or I, you know, whatever it is. You got to have a great website. You got to have digital marketing. You have to have easier access from people trying to find you. You've got to be able to have people sign up with you or get an appointment with you. You better have live appointments over the internet, the capacity for that, because a lot of people won't do business with you if they can't see you. But if, if they can't see you in person, at least make it easy for them. You, you better have better communication with them. I've been sending video emails to my clients over and over and over and doing webinars and updates and all this stuff like never before. So actually, my communication has personally gone way up with my own clients through all of this, even though I can't see any of them. Yeah, for a lot of companies, it's a matter of survival making these changes. But for others, I mean, the changes have been a silver lining amidst the crisis because it has really forced them to sort of get with the times. I mean, we don't do business the same way today as we did even 10 years ago. And I think that overhauling or refining a business model should be an ongoing part of running a company. Even successful owners often think about making adjustments as their business grows and progresses, you know, not just one time, but as an ongoing change. As you said, it's easier to coordinate schedules when all the parties don't have to travel into the office. You'll have less travel time to attend meetings and so forth. And another thing is you're not simply limited to your current practice area. I know that you deal with a lot of people here in the Puget Sound area. I know the mothership is up here in Everett, Washington, and we have listeners mostly in the Puget Sound, but we have them in other states and some even internationally. Has this new technology allowed you to serve more clients better, even if they aren't right here in the Puget Sound? Absolutely. Uh, I'm a national coach to 100 other advisors, and I've been helping people across the country uh, find out more about Delaware Statutory Trust and, and Fixed Index Universal Life uh, products and, and you know all the tax-free stuff. They, they want to turn to a CPA for that when they're doing investments. And so I've been having all kinds of WebEx meetings. You know, it's, it's kind of funny. I, I got to get up, get back to my normal routine of getting up, get a shower, get dressed because I always get up. It seems like I look at my calendar. Oops, I got a, a team's meeting. That means they're going to see me. I better get, my hair is looking pretty sloppy these days, Jeff. So I have to make sure I look presentable. And so I've, I've had so many of them. It's become my routine again. Uh, for a while, it was, you know, kind of the pajama bottom thing, but uh, <laughs> not anymore. I, I got too many of these uh, meetings, which is great. And so they used to want, well, when you come into town, we'll meet. I'm like, well, I don't come to New York that often or Florida that often. Well, now they, hey, let's just set up a Teams meeting. And so now I'm having more meetings than I ever had before because people aren't feeling like they have to meet you in person, whereas uh, three months ago they did. Brian, if people do want to talk to you remotely, maybe they've just got a few questions, they don't want an entire financial plan done, do you offer an opportunity for people just to give you a call and just chat for a couple minutes? Oh, yeah. All of our staff uh, is available for that now. You know, I was one of those old school guys who go, I'm not really sure about all this, you know, Teams meetings, Zoom meetings, all that kind of stuff, uh, again, three months ago. But that has all changed. Now it's like my best friend is, is my little camera here. Right. I've got some uh, professional lighting on my desk, some of the, just like <laughs> you do when you get in your portrait. I've yeah. got my sound guards, my microphones. my i got everything here, so uh, I can do it. I even have a nice background, and it's all set up to, to look nice that way, too. So, yeah, no, it's it's uh, been really, really something else. And now I'm embracing the technology I used to kind of wish I didn't have to, but now I'm glad I did. 
So, Brian, if people do have a few questions, they can talk to an advisor here at Madrona Financial Services by calling 844-MADRONA. Now, in addition to the complete financial plan that you do for people, if they don't have a plan, they can get their first plan. And of course, you encourage them to get a second and a third opinion. But let's say that they want sort of a mini consult. Do you offer the opportunity for them to just pick up the phone, call 844-MADRONA and, uh, you know, chat for up to 30 minutes? Yeah, they pick up the phone, but they'll uh, set an appointment. So I, I'm probably not available at a, uh, just to answer the phone. I'm going right. to have them uh, set up an appointment with me or one of my advisors. So uh, there's a lot of different ways we can help people. So if you'd like help from uh, the crew here at Madrona Financial Services, as Brian says, not only does Brian advise people, but there are other advisors here, too, who are well, well qualified to talk about your finances, to talk about tax, to talk about business, real estate, just everything that goes into a financial plan. If you've only got 30 minutes, you want to chat first, you can do that by calling 844-MADRONA, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Set up an appointment for your chat. Of course, if you do want that no-cost, no-obligation plan, you can get that as well, too. 844 844- for Madrona. You can also request either one online by going to the website, which is madronafinancial.com. Thanks a lot for joining us this week here on Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. We're going to take a really quick break. Be back with more of our show right after this. Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans will be right back with even more ways to help you stay focused on your retirement goals. Has your financial advisor called you lately? If you're retired or about to, you need to know how your money is being managed now more than ever. Madrona Financial Services is dedicated to retirement planning and is now offering virtual or phone reviews to help answer the most critical questions about your money. Call them now at 844-MADRONA to schedule your meeting. The meetings are convenient, safe, and designed to provide maximum retirement income. If you haven't heard from your advisor lately and are unsure about your real exposure to risk or exactly how your savings are invested, Call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA right now for your virtual or phone meeting. Every minute your advisor doesn't call you could cost you. Get the facts about your money and call the retirement team at Madrona Financial Services now at 844-MADRONA or visit them online at madronafinancial.com. Again, that's 844-MADRONA or online at madronafinancial.com. Many people are experiencing unexpected job loss and find themselves in uncharted waters. From some of the largest employers in our area laying off employees to the smallest having to close their doors, this is impacting many of us and our neighbors. Losing a job is hard enough, but with the added stress of what to do with your 401k or other employer-sponsored plans, it can feel overwhelming. At Madrona Financial Services, we are here to help bring clarity, direction, and strategy to your financial world. Our staff of wealth managers and CPAs can answer your questions and provide the type of guidance these times require. You can start by scheduling a complimentary phone call or virtual meeting so we can discuss your personal situation and how we may be able to help. There are important financial considerations when it comes to certain employer-sponsored plans. We'll help explain your options so you can avoid any unnecessary penalties or taxes. Schedule your complimentary meeting today at 844-MADRONA or online at madronafinancial.com. madronafinancial.com That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A financial.com. Tired of getting only half the story? We've got you covered with the most comprehensive financial information on the radio. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with your host, Brian Evans. Now, here's Brian. 
Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to talk about the Boeing layoffs and some other financial topics. And that's right, Brian. Boeing, of course, one of the major employers here in the Puget Sound area, and they've had some layoffs in the past. I know that we've talked about the workers there being pointed to financial advisors that are basically very convenient for them, but not able to maybe answer all of their questions. But I understand now an article has come out in the last day or so, which says that even more Boeing workers up to 2,500 could lose their jobs as well too, right? Yeah, and and it's going to be phasing in here. We're going to have um, multiple rounds. Uh, The first round was, of course, the voluntary layoff where many, many thousands of uh, Boeing people voluntarily took that. And then the next round was the involuntary ones and and figuring out who's going to get that. And, you know, their their goal was 10% or more of the workforce. And there's a a side note to that. I mean, every every Boeing job, I think, supports three other jobs. And so if you've got, you know, 15,000 less workers there, you might have another 45,000 outside of that. So it's going to have a, a ripple effect on that. And and yeah, that I mentioned in the last segment how important it is to uh, to be doing a financial plan, especially now that you have the time and maybe the inclination to do that. But especially if you're on the on the list of people that might be losing your job or, or has already, I can't think of a better time to uh, maybe review that financial plan and, and get it set straight because there's just so many people that get to a certain age and they come in, they just go, you know, I never even thought about this stuff, and all of a sudden I'm sixty something and I'm retiring. I don't know if I'm gonna, how well my life is going to look like. And so, you know, it probably could be a good idea to start uh, earlier uh, rather than waiting until your 60s. Brian, what do you think are some of the decisions that people need to ponder if they are a Boeing worker or any worker who's being laid off? And let's say that they're in their late 50s or 60 years of age. What are some of the decisions that they're going to need to make? Well, the big one is, can I retire? And you can't tell from the stuff that they've been getting presented to them. It's it's not accurate. I've seen it. It's just not accurate. And so the, the assumptions are too high. And so, great, yeah, if the market does 7% forever, then everybody's happy. But what about when it doesn't, <laughs> which is happens a lot, and you're pulling money out, and all of a sudden all those rules, that you know, the distribution rules, throw them out the window. Just making it uh, without having to go back to work, throw it out the window. So uh, you can make some very terrible financial decisions by relying on the stuff that I've seen out there or your own Excel spreadsheets or or something off the internet, but especially the advisors that are producing some of these, they aren't putting a lot of thought into them. They're putting in a couple things and the assumptions, again, uh, if you have the wrong assumption, uh, you're going to make a terrible decision that could affect you, your spouse, and generations to come. And so I would suggest you get a proper plan and not, not a cheap and easy one. Yeah, and a proper plan does incorporate so many other things that they may not talk about there. We talk all the time about taxes and the fact that Bauer Evans CPAs as part of Madrona Financial Services, actually they're two companies under the same roof and that, you know, the people are crossing with each other in the halls every day and they do work hand in hand with those plans. But if you're a person who has, let's say, worked at Boeing for 30 years, you're now upper 50s, maybe you're 60 years of age and you're trying to decide, can I retire? Is it feasible at all? I would imagine the first thing are some of the things that you need to consider or questions you need to ask yourself are, what's my budget? Have I done a budget yet? Number two, what's my income going to be? And number three, how can I pace my outgo so that I don't run out of money for life? Is that about right, Brian? Yeah, that's about it. I mean, it's very contingent on how much you spend. And you got to factor in healthcare costs and you got to factor in inflation. So a lot of people don't do that. And the Boeing pension and many pensions don't have an inflation adjustment to them at all. 
And so it might look okay in a few years, probably won't be okay in 22 years or whatever. And so there's another thing you got to factor in. But yeah, your your spending habits is huge. And where are your guaranteed sources of income? Now, you got Social Security, maybe you have a pension. Maybe you decide to take the lump sum because the lump sum is pretty attractive. But what are you going to do with that to create lifetime cash flow? And what are you going to do for inflation? So, you know, in the in the annuity world lately, and maybe we can talk about this more on the show, but there's certain annuities that aren't as attractive post-coronavirus because of the dropping of interest rates and certain annuities that are way more attractive that are going to add the riders that allow for the increasing lifetime cash flow. And so even the types of annuities I've been talking about to clients has, has changed in the last few months. Brian, I saw a list the other day. It was the four fears of retirees and senior citizens. Number one was running out of money. Number two was the loss of a spouse or social circle. Number three was failing health and paying for the treatment of their health problems. Number four was death. And the strange thing is that they were in that order. People fear death a lot less than running out of money. So let's talk about ways that you wouldn't run out of money, whether you're in retirement, a senior citizen, or whatever. Can annuities really fill that gap? And are annuities just sort of one of those set it and forget it things. You buy the annuity and then you just forget about it completely. A uh, little bit of both. I mean, they are certainly a very effective tool. So I'll go back to my toolbox analogy. If I'm going to build a deck, I got to have a saw and they're the saw. You know, I also need a hammer, you know, I need a, some other tools in there, but uh, I, d- I do need the saw. And so the annuity to me is really how people provide a pension like investment in their portfolio, whether you have a pension or not available to you. So we know that everybody has Social Security as a pension, and this is a different kind of pension with other benefits. Again, it can have maybe uh, increases to cover inflation. It can uh, have liquidity and and, uh, extended death benefits. So it has a few bells and whistles. Social Security does not. But it's a very, very important tool that I would use There's also other ones like the fixed index universal life policies. If you start them early enough, they can provide cash flow in retirement that's income tax free. There's also, you know, real estate investments, uh, passive real estate investments, whether it's the DSTs, uh, Delaware Statutory Trust or private non-traded REITs that if you're, you know, so inclined and it makes sense in your portfolio and maybe you have to be accredited investor with a lot of these, but they can provide some cash flow with risk in that case. But the annuities do it without the risk. Now, as far as the set it and forget it, primarily that's true. You as an individual can forget it. We are reviewing every year each one to make sure that we're in the best crediting methods for that that year as to what's available. I prefer crediting methods that have no ceiling. They all have a floor of zero right now. But uh, so if a market crashes, you don't go backwards. But I, I like to have them without a ceiling because once in a while you have a really good year and you get a big credit and you never get those credits back. Once you get them, they're locked in. So I, I really like those kinds of annuities. But there's a lot to discuss here that we, we'd sort through all the details and present you with the best one for the given the times that we're in. When I think about annuities, Brian, I think about guaranteed source of income for life that you can't outlive. I think about safe, reasonable growth, low or no fees, and access to the principal. But you had mentioned earlier that there are some types of annuities in this environment that are becoming less attractive. What types of annuities are those? Yeah, the ones that are less attractive than they used to be are the accumulation annuities, the ones that you're doing in lieu of like a CD. So it used to be that you could get a pretty high participation rate in the S&P 500, meaning that when the S&P was up, you got a percentage of that. And it's never 100%, like some people on the radio hint at. It's not 
You don't get the market returns with a zero when the market's down. That's impossible for anybody to put that out there. But you were getting a a substantial percentage of the S&P. Well, now, because interest rates are so low and the insurance companies basically buy bonds to fund a lot of what they're paying out, those rates have been kind of cut in half. And so now it's not as attractive. So now I'm looking at uh, even fixed annuities as opposed to fixed index annuities for accumulation. At least I know I'm going to get something and I'm going to get a lot more than I get at uh, getting a bank CD at, at a, a minimum. And so that's a way to protect money if you just don't want to take any risk on it. But for the most part, I've been putting people into the lifetime cash flow annuities because they're, they're seeing how maybe their, their job and, and their career and everything is not as rock solid, perhaps, as they thought. And they won't necessarily be able to take on the part-time work they thought in retirement or whatever. So they're looking for a little bit more guarantee as to where the money's going to come from for the rest of their life. Brian, we've been talking about the benefits of annuities here, and they all sound so great on the surface. But there are those people who do say, I hate annuities. You should, too. I mean, if annuities are so good, why are they talking about the fact that they hate them and you shouldn't be in them? Uh, They don't sell them. (laughs) Follow the money. That's the main reason. Other reasons would be, and there's, you know, it's, it's just, it's not inherently wrong to say that other investments would perform better in most markets. However, all of my clients have some aversion to risk. So if you're trying to put a, an, you know, an 80-year-old couple into the stock market and you want to put 100% of their money into the stock market because you got graphs that say that's a good place, maybe they don't want to be in the market. Maybe they like sleeping at night and not worrying about everything all the time. So you're doing them a disservice to their, their life and by telling them that. And so I think it's, you know, it's, it's, uh, it truly is a disservice to say the one thing we sell is where you have to have all of your money all of the time. Well, that's, that's not real. I mean, find somebody that will be honest with you and say, in your case, let's say you're 35 years old. I think you should have all of your 401k plan, perhaps all in the market, because it's probably going to do better over time than an annuity would. But if you're 65 and you're not going back to work, you might want some safety in there. You might want more cash flow. You care less about maximizing growth and more about security, liquidity, cash flow, and tax savings. So uh, you alter how you invest. So I, I just, you know, like I said, it's disingenuous to me. Just say one investment product is the only one you sh- everybody should ever have. I've never met you, but you need to have this. And flip side, uh, annuity salespeople ought to you know think the same way. They they're out there saying everybody needs all their money in annuities 100 percent of the time. Well, that's not true either. So my toolbox analogy comes back again. I want all the tools in there. <laughs> I want stocks. I want real estate. I want lifetime cash flow, security, liquidity, growth. I want tax savings, DSTs. I want it all. So for my clients, uh, we're having those kinds of discussions. If you have a question about annuities, maybe you want some straight talk, some really honest answers. You want somebody to look at you as an individual and not a herd of people. Call us here at Madrona Financial Services. They're advisors who can take your call, spend a little time with you on the phone if you'd like. 844-MADRONA is the number to call, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. You can also go online, check out the firm at madronafinancial.com and request an appointment there. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian. Brian Evans, my name is Jeff Shade. Thanks so much for joining us today. A quick break just ahead. We'll be right back with more after this. Stay tuned for more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, the show you can't afford to miss. 
The word volatile is rarely used when describing something desirable. It's usually not associated with pleasant outcomes and doesn't sound very appealing unless you're describing a roller coaster or some other thrill ride. And when it comes to your retirement plan, volatile is the last word you want to hear when talking about your nest egg. At Madrona Financial Services, we like to focus on other words when it comes to retirement planning. Words like predictability, opportunity, and security. And while we may live in volatile times, there are strategies that you could be using right now to lessen or even possibly eliminate its impact on your portfolio. If you're concerned about your exposure to market volatility, call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA to schedule your complimentary review. We'll perform a risk analysis of your current portfolio and then discuss the ways we can help you achieve your retirement goals without taking unnecessary chances with your nest egg. Take back control of your retirement. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA or visit us at madronafinancial.com. At a time when the world feels like it's filled with fear and panic, we remain calm. When others are making rash decisions based on emotions, we remain vigilant and committed to sound strategy. At Madrona Financial Services, we are dedicated to helping our clients achieve their retirement goals through any type of challenge. We were here to help our clients through the Great Recession, and we're here now to help you get through this dark time as well. That's why we created our Keep Calm and Retire On webinar. It's available now. Register today at madronafinancial.com. Nothing lasts forever, and we will recover from this too, so it's important not to panic. So if you are not confident in your current plan, have concerns about your exposure to market volatility, or are worried about your retirement income, this webinar is for you. Register today for our complimentary webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On. Available now at madronafinancial.com. Register today at madronafinancial.com. That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A financial.com. You can't build a house with just one tool, and you can't plan for retirement without an integrated, comprehensive strategy. If you want to get more information on the Madrona bundle of services, call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or go to madronafinancial.com. Now, back to more of Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And in this segment, we're going to be talking about the performance of various sectors within the S&P 500. And Brian, I know the New York Stock Exchange trading floor has reopened. A good sign for the markets or what do you think? Well, um, I was there once, as you know, I I got to go and ring the bell and it was a really awesome day. And the next day I went on live national TV cable, uh, Fox Business for the first time ever. So that was a big week for me. And I will say there's not a lot of actual work being done on the New York Stock Exchange floor. (laughs) Uh, All the work is done by computers now. And it's more of a show thing anymore than it is uh, a real thing. It's it's not like trading places where they're throwing all the pieces of paper around and screaming and yelling. I, I kind of miss that. It was just so so quiet there. <laughs> there was right. not a lot of buzz, but uh, it was still really cool to be there. But uh, you know, I don't know if it's all that significant about that because the markets have been trading just fine with or without people on this floor of the New York Stock Exchange. You know, the Schiller Price Index says that we should be about a uh, 16, and right now we're 30 times price-to-earnings ratio as opposed to that normal of 16. Do you think that that is any kind of an indicator that we should stay out of the market until it comes down? Well, it's interesting you bring that up because we do a little historical perspective here. Yeah, the the price-to-earnings ratios are very uh, important to valuation of the markets. 
And towards the end of the year, as I was looking at the markets, it occurred to me with the Dow at close to 29, 30,000 right in there, that it was probably at the time, if you just valued the market based on the price earnings ratio projections, it was probably trading about 15% over value. So let's say the market was around 29.5 and it was 15%. Uh, quick calculation there means it probably should have been closer to 25, 26,000 uh, anyway. Then coronavirus hit. And so it dropped down to the 19,000s and then almost immediately veed back up into the 25,000 range again. So I'm looking at that going, huh, the markets are valued based uh, fairly now. However, profits are going to go down. So that's why the future, the Schiller price index looks as bad as it does because companies had to adjust their profits. Now, the big question is going to be, are they going to have to adjust their profits going forward permanently or is this a temporary setback? We know that many companies are going to go out of business and small businesses, but they aren't what you're buying in the S&P 500. So really, the question is, within the S&P 500, are profits of these large companies permanently affected by COVID or is it just a temporary thing? If it's a temporary thing, we're, we're probably priced about right. If it's not temporary, then we're wrong. If some of the companies are going to evolve and, and even improve their earnings, then uh, we have to look at that. That's why I want to take this segment to talk about different sectors within the S&P 500. Yeah, we've been talking about the market in general, and in general, it has been overvalued. And you're right, the market has taken a beating overall. But let's talk about individual sectors. There's some sectors of the market that are greatly underperforming where they were, but there are others that are performing the way that they were performing. And then there are some that even are performing better. So let's talk about those individual sectors and who's doing what. Yeah, and that's that's where it got really interesting. I'm looking at a chart here. Uh, as of uh, today, there's the, if you break it down by sectors, because uh, people are always talking about the stock market. Well, I got a sector that's uh, two of them that are at 34%. One of them over the last 12 months is up 34%. And one of them over the last 12 months is down 34%. <laughs> so there's a, a, you know, a 70 point spread between the top and the bottom, depending on which sector you're in. So that's, you know, if, so if you're buying the S&P 500 you, and, and it just had those two sectors, you say, well, it's just flat over the last 12 months. And whereas the internals of it are very disparate. So we, I do want to review how different sectors are performing within the last 12 months and maybe prognosticate. And that's, that is what we do with our own portfolios. I don't just buy the S&P 500. I have sector uh, analysis being done. And sectors are overweighted or underweighted based upon that. So, so that's where we spend a lot of our time. Brian, which are the sectors that have been underperforming lately and that you predict will continue to underperform and those sectors that are overperforming and that we expect will continue to do that? I can uh, go over the performance of the different sectors. I'm not going to give any predictions. Right. And that's why we use diversification and annuities and real estate and stocks and sectors and, and life insurance and all these neat things. I know you were throwing me that trick question there, but uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> you can hit a curveball. No, I've seen you. Yeah, yeah, that was a curveball. Um, and so, yeah, it's very interesting. Of the the various sectors over the last twelve months, there's I count four, only four that are down for the twelve month period. And those four, starting at the bottom, was energy at thirty five percent, thirty four, thirty five percent negative. For the last 12 months, and we all know about oil prices. Uh, financials, uh, you think banks and uh, insurance companies and so forth, 
they're down 12%. Industrials, so production has dropped down. They're down 7%. And publicly traded REITs are down 5%. But again, now we're talking still, even though we're getting a little granular talking sectors, within any of these sectors are tons of subsectors. So you might be in real estate and say, oh no, my real estate's bad. Well, if you're in industrial parks, good. Or if you're in uh, computer data centers, uh, good. If you're in shopping mall, bad, hotel, bad, you know, depends on which sector you're in, of course, within the, the you know, subsectors of these sectors. But those are the four that are down year to date. Brian, the late Kenny Rogers used to sing about you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. I mean, when it comes uh-huh. to the market and holding stock, how do you know when, you know, I'm going to hold on to this stock? I've had it for all these years, 20, 30, 40 years or so, or I'm going to throw in the towel. These things are just not doing that well. And, and I know that Uncle Warren says you got to be in it for 10 years. If you're not willing to do that, you shouldn't be in it for 10 minutes. So what do you think? Yeah, you know, I, and I kind of agree with a lot of that. And uh, you certainly can't predict all sectors going forward. And, and that's why we have broad market indexes. But, you know, post-coronavirus, I think you can be a little sniper-like because you know, I'm going to continue my analysis here. There's certain sectors over the last 12 months that are up single digits, and they include utilities, materials, and consumer staples. So I would say, okay, I would probably feel okay owning consumer staples post-coronavirus, perhaps, because, you know, I think the buying habits of the stuff we use to live on and, you know, keeps us going is is, is going to continue on. And so I expect it to go up even more because of the toilet paper run, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's, you would have thought they, they could have made some money off that. But then they, there's all other sectors. There's four sectors in the S P 500 that are up double digits over the last 12 months. And that might surprise a lot of people. The ones that are in the between 10 and 20 are communication services, so telecom, that kind of thing. Uh, consumer discretionary, surprisingly. And then healthcare. So healthcare has obviously weathered this quite well. And then there's no sectors up in the 20s, but there's one up in the 30s, and that's information technology. So I think it's pretty clear that the uh, tech stocks have weathered corona just fine. In fact, probably have increased their business uh, throughout this because people are spending more time communicating over technology. I know, that, again, the data centers are up in the real estate area. And I, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. But even within technology, you got all your subsectors. You got uh, social media technology. Maybe you got a Microsoft or hardware uh, companies, uh, systems companies, uh, semiconductors. There's tons and tons of disparate results from those, depending on it. So I think you can uh, certainly see in the world of the stock markets, there's so many sectors, subsectors, analysis to be made. And the individual sectors are going to do very differently, uh, especially post-COVID. Brian, how do you do an analysis of what you think a, a company is going to do? I, you know, I was looking at the home improvement category there, and we've talked before. There are a number of, you know, stores in the home improvement category among them, you know, Lowe's and Home Depot and places like that. I mean, how do you or what method do you use to determine, well, I think that Lowe's is going to do better than Home Depot or Home Depot is going to do better than Lowe's. Is there some sort of uh, data-driven sort of equation or something like that that you can use to make an intelligent prediction? Well, yeah, there's there's a lot of data you can use. Uh, most of it's going to be forward price earnings ratios, peg ratios, uh, the price earnings over the growth of earnings, et cetera, and just how they uh, uh, look that way. Now, at Madrona, we don't do a lot of individual stock picking. I think that's, that's very difficult to do in any environment. 
the my version of that is sectors and subsector picking. And so I might think that. Now, you might be surprised to hear me say that some of this is not numbers and PE ratios. I'm a CPA. I'm supposed to just look at pegs and PEs and, and all this different stuff. Some of it's called this weird thing. It's, it's a rare thing that we don't see a lot of common sense. So, right. for instance, if <laughs> I'm short supply, corona, yeah, I, you know, I might think, well, I think people are going to use their technology and communication services and healthcare and consumer staples. You know, those those might be areas that I could see unaffected by coronavirus. I might be a little nervous being in energy. I'm not sure banks are going to do the business they used to do. I'm not sure production is going to be up. So that's why industrials are down. Or, you know, you can just almost pick these apart. And, and even within the subsectors, like I mentioned, you probably can use common sense to say, you know, <laughs> there's certain things I'd rather be in. Uh, well, I mentioned the real estate. Do you want, you know, apartment buildings in the Northeast? Probably not. How about, uh, you know, net lease properties, long-term you know, corporate guaranteed leases. Yeah, that sounds a little bit more attractive to me. And so uh, there's just uh, 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 there's a lot of data out there on all this stuff. But in the end, there is something called common sense. And sometimes, as it is right now, it's okay to have what we call some dry powder. You don't have to have all your money invested all of the time. So you might have some money outside until we see where the opportunities are and then use that money to get into the opportunity at the right time. You're listening to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. And again, if you have questions or maybe you want that short financial plan, maybe you want a longer plan, of course, you can get it no cost, no obligation by calling 844-MADRONA, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A, of course, online at madronafinancial.com. Thanks so much for listening to us today. We're going to take a quick break. Be right back with more after this. Discussing the financial issues that matter most to you. We'll be right back with more Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Time for today's edition of Growing Your Wealth, presented by Madrona Financial. Here's Brian Evans. Today I want to talk about the future of Social Security. Social Security already was in some trouble. It's expected to not have enough money coming in to cover benefits in the early 2030s, so about 12, 13 years from now anyway. The amount that they expect it will be funded is money coming in is only going to be about three quarters of the projected benefits that have been promised. So we've got some problems. And that was all pre-COVID. So post-COVID, collections are going to fall dramatically and we're going to have a lot more problems. So a lot of people are thinking, well, gosh, and rightly so, my future of Social Security cost of living adjustments is going to be low and probably nil. The other thing is they may have to raise the age. But another thing that's been put out there is how about just increasing the Social Security payroll tax on that? So a lot of people have talked about having a new payroll tax. Now that payroll tax would have to be three to 5%. The payroll tax already is about 15% between the employee's portion and the matching employer's portion. So we could see uh, in the future where payroll taxes are gonna have to be raised to 20, 25%. And the benefit you're gonna get is not gonna be going up at all with inflation. So there's a real shortage. We're seeing this with pension plans around the country, especially in Illinois and New York where they're completely unfunded. And so just word to the wise in your financial planning, make sure you consider the future of Social Security. And that was Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans, Madrona Financial, investments, retirement, taxes, and legacy. MadronaFinancial.com. Get your free copy of Brian's latest book, The Complete Book of Retirement. 
It covers everything from the basics of retirement planning to passive real estate investing. Arm yourself with information and take control of your retirement. Call Madrona Financial Services today at 844-MADRONA for your free copy or visit madronafinancial.com. Do you ever worry if your CPA and financial advisor are on the same page? You won't have to if you call Madrona Financial Services at 844-MADRONA or visit them at madronafinancial.com. Now, back to Growing Your Wealth with Brian Evans. Welcome back to the show. I'm Brian Evans, CEO of Madrona Financial Services and Bauer Evans CPAs. In this segment, we're going to be talking about withdrawal rates and cash flow in retirement. And Brian, there's been the old rule of thumb that we've all heard, and it says something like that you can withdraw four, four and a half percent of your assets adjusted for inflation and theoretically not run out of money. But what if you don't make enough on your portfolio to justify this income? Will I outlive my assets? Or, you know, what if my assets do better than planned? Will I have robbed myself of a better retirement? So, Brian, why does that four, four and a half percent rule that we've been preached about, why does that not really work today? Well, because the rule keeps changing. I remember when it was the 6% rule right. uh, back when we had inflation. And then people were doing that through the dot-com and, and 2008 crash. And all of a sudden, their million dollars was worth two hundred grand, And they're going, oops, that didn't work out so well. I have to go back to work. I'm 75 years old, you know, because it doesn't work. And uh, there's no flexibility built into that. There's no planning around that. And that's why we're going to keep bringing up that toolbox analogy. I think uh, when your only tool is stocks and bonds, you got to come up with a distribution rate because they don't they don't necessarily, especially anymore, they don't really produce cash flow. Dividend paying stocks are going to stop paying dividends, a lot of them, post-COVID. Bonds, you know, your 10-year yield on your bond at 0.7 or whatever it is, that ain't going to get you there unless you got, you know, $20 million of the bonds in the bank. Uh, <laughs> you're, you're not going to get there. So the, the rule doesn't work for that reason. And when there is a dip and you continue to pull money out, now you're, you're pulling it out when it's low. And so when it does recover, it's not there to recover. So you kind of got the drop without the gain and uh, the, the numbers just don't work. Is it even possible to somewhat accurately pick a distribution rate for withdrawal, or should you just not pick one at all? I mean, sort of just roll with it as it comes. Well, that's where I like the flexibility of a full-service advisor uh, doing a plan and then using all the different tools, as we keep referring to. So, for instance, let's say that you had thought about this ahead of time and and, or thinking about it for the future, and you go, huh, I'm going to be 60,000 short every year. I need to pull, uh, if I have $2 million and I'm pulling, you know, or whatever, a million and a half, and I'm, I'm pulling out a certain percentage, 4%, and there's my 60 grand. But as Brian just said, uh, what if it doesn't work out right? And so I might want to take some of that million and a half and say, why don't we guarantee the cash flow with the fixed index annuity? Why don't we get some uh, income from the real estate piece or or something else and, and uh, the FIULs, the, the universal life policies? So now we look at our plan and go, oh, well, when I'm 75, instead of needing 60,000 more plus inflation, maybe that number's half that or less than half of that. And now you can be a little more flexible with when and if you take money out of the market because you're not not relying on the market to produce all of that extra cash flow. It's just kind of a little bit extra. So now we can be flexible. If the markets are down, maybe I won't take money out this year. I've got some set aside. I'll use that. Or, or uh, you know, you want to get the recovery. If they're up, maybe you take a little extra in that year. So, so then you can be flexible with your, your planning and you can be flexible with the lifestyle you have because you have more flexibility, more guaranteed uh, cash flow in your plan. 
Brian, when you're thinking about distribution rates, I mean, will those distribution rates from your assets, will those change as you get older? What I mean is that you may want to pull X percentage out of your assets when you're a little bit younger, but when you get older, do you ladder things so that you can maybe pull double X out of them because you may need more money later on for health care than you did earlier on? Well, I, often it's the opposite of that. A lot of people we've done plans for, they say, you know, during my 60s and first half of my 70s, I want to spend X, call it 100 grand a year. And But after 75, I've, I've seen my parents, I've seen 80-year-olds out there, they don't spend any money. They don't go clothes shopping. They may play a few rounds of golf and play a lot of cards and, you know, and, and more sedate. You know, we're not going to travel anymore and, and so forth. So they might say, I, I don't need quite as much, but we'll still have the set aside. They'll probably need more for health care. And so they'll have some for that. But if they were planning on spending 50000 a year, say, on travel and fun and entertainment and, and doing lots of stuff, they probably won't be doing that when they're 80. So there, there can be adjustments to your lifestyle. You just want to make sure you've made all the, the best decisions with the information and the money you have uh, now going forward, because it doesn't take a lot of bad decisions to really affect your life negatively when it comes to finances. Yeah, I never really thought about that, Brian. I mean, earlier in life, they're sort of your go-go years, and you want to get out and do things, and then you've got your slow-go, then you've got your no-go years. And I mean, I've known people in my family, particularly, who are up there in the slow-go and almost the no-go years, and, you know, they're wearing clothes from the 70s. They just <laughs> don't buy new things. You wonder, hey, that plaid, uh, long-collared shirt looks pretty good on you there, Uncle Ralph. <laughs> one, uh, yeah. One of my favorite conversations, and I have it, I'm having it more and more because people are doing a lot lot better than they had thought and yeah. you know the real estate market's done well or their business and they're they've been saving money and and uh investing and the stock markets were doing well and and they're looking at their portfolio i said the biggest problem you're going to have is you have millions of dollars and you don't know how to spend money right and they're like you're right i i still clip coupons and da 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 and i've got four million dollars with you i'm like yeah you're well your kids are going to have four million someday but uh, if you if you want to do something, you need to figure out how to do it. And you go, ah, it's just so hard for me to spend money. And I said, well, either you take that big vacation, or your kids are gonna, and uh, <laughs> and say, think nice thoughts about you while they're cruising the world. But you know, it's it's uh, it's interesting to see how people that are good with money and make good decisions, good investments. Often they get to a point in life where they, they just don't know how, how they're going to disperse any of it. Yeah, those paisley shirts and polyester pants and you know white patent leather shoes and the big old <laughs> Cadillac. They just don't fly today. Maybe in Branson, Missouri, where you can still you know see the McGuire sisters or something. They go, they go well there. See the McGuires and go out for a buffet, but I don't know. That is just not for me. Yeah, there isn't a lot of correlation between the fashion of my richest clients and their, their account balances. It's almost a reverse correlation. Yeah. I know if I'm meeting somebody brand new in the offices and uh, they don't, uh, you know, their outfit didn't cost a whole lot. Uh, very often, they're, they're probably the richest people I'm going to meet that week. Right, because they don't waste their money on things that they don't necessarily right. need. But, you know, as you get older, as you pointed out, I've known so many people who are just worth so much money, but, you know, they're wearing clothes from the 70s. They're still driving that 1982, you know, Buick Century or something like that. Oh, yeah. And they just don't know how to spend spend money. As someone gets older, I mean, do you necessarily have to spend your money in order to be happy in life? Or, you know, how many of these people that you've spoken with who have a lot of money but don't look like it are relatively happy? There is not a high correlation between how much you spend and how happy you are. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, uh, 
unequivocally say that. Uh, money's not about, to me, it's not about buying happiness. It's about having security. And, and often it's about helping others. Uh, you think about, you know, when, when, let's say I'm successful at work, I've got a lot of people relying on me, employees and kids and, and friends and, and so forth that need me to, to do that. And so uh, helping others, uh, there's charities that rely on not just me, but many other people, whether it's money or my time on their boards or whatever. There's a, a lot of good things you can do with money. But as the Beatles say, it, it can't buy you love and it's probably not going to buy you happiness, too. They could have thrown that in the song, too. Right. I mean, uh, money can buy you a house. It can't buy you a home. Money can buy you a date. It can't buy you love. So you really got to consider all that, that the world really, you don't want to be, as you've said before, the richest guy in the graveyard. Enjoy it while you've got it, but also make proper plans for those who are your heirs, that they remember you in some sort of good way. And that doesn't mean that you're going to leave them a lot of money so they can buy a fancy car. But I mean, maybe retirees and Brian, tell me how you feel about this or people who are getting up in the years. Maybe they should think about some way that their money can continue to serve their community and to serve their people so that their legacy is a good one. Oh, absolutely. You, there's uh, private charitable foundations you can set up, donor advised funds. You can have, uh, you should be thinking about uh, who you want money to go to, uh, put it in your will, you know, have it, have it in there. Uh, you can always change it, but, you know, think about other other entities out there that could really use the help, uh, even more so now with the coronavirus. There's a lot of people in need and, and a lot of great organizations out there. I've got my favorites and, and maybe have your own too. And there's also the, the thought for a lot of people that I don't want to give my kids a wad of money because they're going to blow it and they're going to do not good things with it potentially. And so you might want to put it into trust for their benefit where they get it doled out over time so they don't have the principle to, to blow. Because if you didn't make it, you probably don't know how to how to you know, take care of it. And so uh, I see that a lot. So that's a lot of the estate and, and legacy planning and charitable gifting planning that we do at Madrona Financial and Bauer Evans. Yeah, that is, again, one of the benefits here, too. You do so much with the estate planning and the legacy planning and, you know, setting up future generations to make the best use of this money. And if people listening to us right now want to talk about legacy, they want to talk about estate planning, they want to talk about taxes, investments, wealth, whatever it happens to be. Once again, I can't stress it enough. There's no cost. There is no obligation. If you request a financial plan or even a short talk here from Madrona Financial, nobody's going to email you every week. They're not going to call you a couple of weeks from now going, have you thought about what we talked about? It's just not like that whatsoever. I mean, you're going to get some good, honest answers, some straight talk here at Madrona Financial Services. Call for your plan right now, 844-MADRONA, 844-M-A-D-R-O-N-A. Someone will schedule a talk for you, or if you want a full financial plan, somebody will get some information from you and then get that going for you. It can be a first plan, a second opinion, or even a third opinion, but don't wait. 844-MADRONA is the number to call. Check out the firm, won't you, online. It is madronafinancial.com. Well, once again, Brian, we run out of time for this week. Before we go, I want to thank everyone for joining us today. The executive producer of Growing Your Wealth is John Capuano. Our director of program operations is Cookie Monster Greg Dennett. Our show is produced by the lovely, talented, and dangerous sixth-degree black belt, our Swedish princess, Stephanie Schoblum. Maite Talavera is our associate producer. Laura McLaughlin's our content supervisor. Josh Toys, our technical editor. And surfer boy Pete Gustin is our announcer. For Brian Evans, I'm Jeff Shade. Have a great Saturday. We'll talk to you again next week with another edition of Growing Your Wealth. 
Hi, this is Brian Evans, president of Madrona Financial Services. As a CPA and wealth manager, I've had lots of clients who owned highly appreciated real estate. And when it was time to sell that property, they all ran into the same problem, a huge tax bill. Up to now, some of their only options were to either follow the strict requirements of a 1031 exchange for another property or pay the hefty tax on the gain. We have access to another option to help our clients. It's called a DST. With a DST, you can still receive the benefits of property ownership like passive income, but you won't be responsible for all the debt or management. And best of all, a DST may meet the qualifications for your 1031 exchange. Now you can potentially defer the tax hit on your highly appreciated property and still get the benefits of investing in real estate. Call us today at 844-MADRONA to learn more about our DST program or visit us online at madronafinancial.com. DST investments are only available to accredited investors and are offered solely through the issuer's offering documents. The DST sponsor determines whether to accept any individual subscription documents. The news of the day sounds bleak. Schools are canceled, travel plans have been canceled, sports are canceled. But good news, your retirement has not been canceled. At Madrona Financial Services, we are focused on the big picture and don't engage in fear-based decision-making. We know this too shall pass, and the future will hold tremendous opportunity. But you need to make sure your nest egg is safe from market volatility today, because you don't get a second chance at retirement. If you're unsure about the safety of your retirement income or your exposure to market volatility, you must take action today. Start by registering for our complimentary webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On, available now by registering at madronafinancial.com. We'll explain what's happening in the financial world and discuss strategies you can put in place to help your portfolio weather this storm. Don't make decisions based on fear and misinformation. It's time to be confident in your financial team and retirement strategy. Register for our complimentary webinar, Keep Calm and Retire On, available now at madronafinancial.com. That's M-A-D-R-O-N-A financial.com.